Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the lovely Karen Randazzo. Does it ever get cold on the moral high ground? And the splendid Chris Randazzo. Buzz Aldrin was afraid of spiders, and he went into space. Uh, th- uh, this podcast, we talk television. Uh, we do get a little spoilery. So, fair warning, if you do not want Dowett and Abby, Fargo, uh, the, the television show, not, not the movie, uh, and Sherlock, spoiled, just go watch them, come back, and enjoy. Uh, we'll also be talking about drunk history, and you can't really be spoiled <laughs> with that because it's history. <laughs> It's just a funny telling of history. So I I tried to, you know, get as caught up as I possibly could on all of these shows, and I refused to watch Dowton Abbey. So. <laughs> you're lost. I am not a fancy enough man for that show. <laughs> oh, you're fancy as hell. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> well, allow me to fill you in on just a little bit of background since you don't watch Dowton Abbey. Um, it's a show that is uh, originally from Britain, and it airs in America on PBS, and it tells the stories of um, the people who live in Downton Abbey, which is a house, uh, the rich family who lives upstairs, and the household staff, who is the downstairs people. It's a common <laughs> upstairs-downstairs thing. So uh, they just came back for season six, which has already aired in England. So if you live in England, good for you. You've already seen it all. I hate you. Um, <laughs> Are they always a full season? Are we always a full season behind? Yes, um, um, for that show. You know, okay. I, I, England, I think it's um, show by show. I know Doctor Who airs same day and date, and that started in f- season five, I want to say. Um, and that was like a big deal. Like, oh, my God, we get it at the same time as them. But, yeah, the show, I guess obviously not as big as doctor who so they're just like whatever you get it when you get it sherlock's kind of the same way uh, up until recently sherlock was the same way right like i'm not didn't... sure about that one and because this is this and sherlock they don't air on bbc america they are no on, they air as uh, part of masterpiece on uh on pbs uh, uh downton abbey is part of masterpiece classic mm. and sherlock is part of masterpiece mystery I don't know what the hell the difference is, other than their different subject matter, but whatever. Who cares? So if you set your DVR to record Downton Abbey like we did way back yes, when we had a DVR. Yes, you set it to record um, – you, you have to set it to record Masterpiece, and then you get whatever they decide Masterpiece is. And when Downton Abbey is done, it's some other crap that you don't want to watch, and you're like, what the hell is this? And your they're sneaky like that, those – Instantly those full <laughs> – Tote bag peddling bastards at PBS. <laughs> I remember every time you would, you, sometimes you would turn on the TV and like you'd see, ooh, masterpiece. Was there no doubt in Abby? And then it'd be like just crushing defeat and disappointment. <laughs> and and they'll never get a dime of my money. It's like uh, there was a there was a plot like that on Friends one time where Phoebe had a thing against PBS and she'd never give them money because I don't know she wrote to Sesame Street and they didn't write her back or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I fully understand that. Anyway, Downton Abbey. <laughs> so um, there's a million characters on the show. There's uh, there's the uh, the patriarch and his wife. They have three grown daughters, um, each of, well, each of whom have had their own thing. Then there's a couple of old ladies who are connected to the family somehow, one of whom is played by Maggie Smith, who is everybody's favorite character on the show. Because and- she's Maggie MF and Smith. Yes. 
And because it's a rich family with a ton of household staff, there's a ton of these like maids and butlers and footmen and all the, and everyone's a character. Um, and the only, uh, part of the, I think the theme of this season is going to be, they've been, this season starts in 1925. I think, uh, they, they started the show like back before World War One. So they do a lot, fair bit of time jumping. Okay. Um, in between seasons and, uh, now that it's 1925, the times are changing. Nobody's kind of living in the grand way that they did before World War One, And so the household staff is, you know, feeling the threat of possibly people losing their jobs because nobody can afford to pay all these people to, like, wipe their asses anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that I got a sense um, from the premiere that that is going to be the theme of this season. Uh, there's way too many characters to talk about everything that happened, but I will tell you about a few notable things. Uh, there's Anna and Bates, uh, who are a maid and a valet on the okay. house staff. Doesn't really matter what they do, but, uh, they're married. And last we heard from them, they were both under suspicion for the same murder. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like a soap opera? A little bit, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, there was a guy that came to the house one time and he ended up cornering Anna and raping her and her husband found out about it. And then there was all this mysterious stuff and nobody knows what happened. I'm getting a really weird Skype echo. Um, <laughs> so that's why I sound a little weird. Um, so he ended up getting pushed in the street in front of a streetcar or something and, he, and nobody know, knew who did it. And they arrested him. They couldn't prove it, so they let him go. And then they arrested her, and they couldn't prove it, and they let her go. And it's just been this interminable plot, and these two characters are, like, insufferably perfect martyrs. It's like, you just want to, like, shake them. (laughs) (laughs) So in this episode, we finally thank the Lord get some resolution on this thing, which is they found somebody else, they confess, then they found somebody else who was a witness <laughs> that could uh, corroborate the confession. And so they're, they're exonerated. They're free. Nobody thinks they're murderers. And in the meantime, the woman has discovered that they, they've been trying to have a kid and she's lost the pregnancies a couple of times so she's she's convinced she can't have a baby so they're like oh guess what you're not murderers and she still <laughs> can't be happy the husband is like oh thank god we can start planning our future again and buy a house and everything will be great and she's like yeah but it won't be that great a future because we won't have kids <laughs> Holy crap <laughs> and oh i just i thought once this plot finally wrapped itself up, I would be free of it and I wouldn't be annoyed by it anymore, but they continue to annoy me, these guys. You seem to watch a lot of shows that annoy you. <laughs> well, they're only one part of the show, at least. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like I said, there are a million characters and everybody has, even if there's only like a little bit, it's everybody has something that was happening with them in the show. Um. Then there's the oldest daughter of the family, who she's like totally scandalous. 
She's been married. Then her husband died in a car crash while she was giving birth to their son. (laughs) Was that the one that I saw? Yes. Oh, my God. That was like... Quick side here. I had never seen any piece of this show before, and then Karen's watching it, and and it like, look, it's a good show. It is a well done show. So I kind of like got sucked into it for a little bit. I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, these two are gonna have a baby. It's gonna be a good time. Dude gets into a car, drives away, and everyone fucking dies. It was just like, (laughs) wait a minute, why, why, why do you watch this? This is terrible. It's so mean. Yeah, I mean, it was really horrible because the um, the actor wanted to leave the show. And because of the nature of the show, it's like they don't believe in divorce. So it's not like he could like, oh, I'm divorcing and leaving you. And um, that's how I'll leave the show. So like, there's very few ways that they could actually get somebody off the show. And one of them was to have him crash the car. Um, so since then, he Mary's been... move? I mean, <clears throat> like, I don't know. Maybe got a job opportunity somewhere? No? no, because he was he was like supposed to take over the whole household because she was the oldest daughter and he married her. Okay. So it was like, you know, whatever lordship he was inheriting. That was not going to be a deal for them. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, since then, the, the, the oldest daughter has been like very like self-assured and she's, you know, like not a, um, you know, there's upper crust rich women are supposed to like be at home and be proper and do you know not do anything except have tea parties or whatever <laughs> uh but mary's like no i'm gonna you know i'm gonna get involved in the community and work and and have affairs with men uh so she she was had this guy that she was thinking about marrying but she wasn't sure if she wanted to marry him so they went away to a hotel and basically boned for a week oh nice which is not something that was done at the time uh and so this episode there's this maid that worked at the hotel that came and she was going to extort money out of her because she wasn't supposed to do that um and Uh she would tell the newspapers that this like rich daughter of a lord you know was having a having a big affair if she didn't get if she didn't get a payoff um they are also looking for somebody else to manage the estate because the previous person who was doing that left. So she said, F that. I'm going to take over. I'm going to do it. And her father, of course, is like, what do you do? You can't do it. You're a woman. <laughs> or not, not that you can't do it. You're not supposed to do it because you're a woman. He's not that backwards. Okay. Um, so eventually this blackmail plot goes on and on and on. Everything on this show, by the way, goes on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> if you like things that move fast, skip down Abby. <laughs> this is not the show for you. <laughs> no. But eventually the blackmail woman goes to Mary's father and is like, look what your daughter did. Um, you better give me some money. I'm going to tell everybody. And he makes her go away, he gives her a little money and makes her go away and she was like, I was gonna let her black, um, let her tell the newspapers, you didn't have to do that. And that convinces her father, like, that she's strong enough, if she was strong enough to stand to, to the blackmailer, that she's strong enough to run the estate. And so he lets her be the agent and oh, hooray. Nice. Nice. And then my favorite plot of the episode, uh, revolves around, Mrs. Hughes and Mrs. Mr. Carson, who are basically like the heads of the household staff, 
Carson is the butler. I don't know what Mrs. Hughes' title is. Housekeeper, maybe? Okay. But they're in charge of everybody. Um, And at the end of... They're both, like... Especially Carson is like, everything must be the proper, old-fashioned way. There must be nothing that is, like, not exactly the way it's supposed to be. So, like, they're... And they're very British, and they never show any emotion. And it's very, you know, tight-lipped. And at the end of the last season... He asked Mrs. Hughes to marry her, marry him out of like nowhere. Like they were very friendly and proper with each other, but there was not really any sign of this. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, will you marry me? Oh. <laughs> it was a very happy thing because they're two very likable characters. And I think her response was something like, um, it's about time or I was, I was wondering when the hell you were going to ask me, you old goat or something like that. <laughs> um, so in this episode, she's, uh, they're both middle-aged, I guess, late middle-aged, considering the time period. Okay. And, uh, she's nervous basically because she doesn't want him to see her naked. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not shit, like, they're so proper. They can actually have this conversation about, like, what is our marriage going to be like? Do you expect me to have sex with you? Like, we're old people. What's the deal? So she ends up, like, talking to her buddy, the cook, and sends her friend, the cook, to talk to Mr. Carson about this because she's too embarrassed. (laughs) Can you just imagine, like, being the friend who has to go between two engaged people and and try and negotiate this conversation somehow? Wow. And as ridiculous as it sounds, like, I really liked it because, like, that would really happen in that time between those two people, like. Right. It, it was a different it, time period and it's not, it's, I guess they're making light of it, but it is. Yeah. In that society, factual. they, like, they would not have allowed themselves to talk like that, but what would they do if they wanted to, like, deal with that issue? Um. So he ends up, like, they end up having a very, very awkward conversation that was hilarious. And then he says, basically, like, I love her and I think she's beautiful and I want a full marriage. But if that's not what she wants, then she can back out. And they end up, oh, just, you know, well, if that's what you want, then you can have me. And then they kiss. And it was so sweet. And it was, like... See, so you say the show that I watch shows that annoy me, but really, this was mostly just good stuff. Oh, that sounds sweet. So. I can testify to the fact that while this show does occasionally annoy her, it's not like, this isn't like Mindy Project, where like the show just <laughs> went off the rails. It's like, this is a show that she's really invested in, and it's really, really well done. It's just uh, sometimes things piss you off, as things do on TV shows. This is very like. true. This is very yeah. true. So we're going to be seeing more of, like, what happens now that there was a, a neighboring estate in this episode that um, ended up, like, the family that owned it couldn't afford to keep it up anymore. And they had to sell everything and, you know, fire the whole staff and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like a harbinger for, like, what could happen to this family. And that sort of hanging in the air is like... We're not really sure what's going to happen. And there's a lot of rumors going around among the household staff. And it's very interesting. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, neat places this can go. 
and I know this is partially based on like truth. I mean, not the necessarily the events of the show, but there really was a family who lived in this house and the family structure, at least I think. And some of the things that happened to the family are in the show. So much as I hate to see the show end, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it ending so that I can go look into the real story. I don't want to, you know, read ahead and see what happened, but once the show's done, finished telling its story, I would like to see, you know, what actually happened. Is there some sort of a end time frame? Yeah, this is the final season. Okay. Uh, So they tend to be short British seasons, so this will probably be like 10 episodes, 13 episodes maybe, and then there is a Christmas episode that follows this season, which just aired, whatever, two weeks ago in England. And that's the end. I actually think that that was labeled, the Christmas episode was labeled episode nine. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is a shorter season. Um, okay, cool. So, Downton Abbey, if you, if you like it, it's back. And if you've never seen it, well, don't start here. <laughs> <laughs> go all the way back, because it's all worth watching. It's all great. It's weird, like, I hear about this show quite often from such a variety of different people. Like, ugh, like, all right, for the extreme polar opposite end of where we are, you know, you know who Jason Muse is? You know, yes. He's a huge fan of this show. And I think that speaks to how good it is that it appeals to that wide of an audience. True. Very true. Right. But it's, it's somehow like, I just can't see Jason Mewes sitting on his yeah. couch watching this. Well, he, he's, I totally can because it's like this is <laughs> this is it's a soap opera like pure like really when you boil it down it's a it's a soap opera and it's like it's it's classy as hell mm-hmm. and uh, you just look at it and there even if you don't even understand what they're saying it's so easy to just get soaked right into it like I watched this what is it, I watched like fifteen minutes of the show behind the behind me and then all of a sudden i was just like watching it and it was just <laughs> the middle of some episode it's like it's just a good show and it is it is like it's like crack rocks the tv show like it'll it'll yes. suck you right, suck you right in, in huh? and, and you you won't even you, even if you don't want to like it you just you're gonna watch it and be like okay this is I, I can't not watch what's happening here it's just so interesting the gossip is so good <laughs> It's also extremely affecting. Like, if you are invested in the show, things will happen. And Chris can attest to a thing that I won't say what happened. But when it happened, there was sobbing. I was inconsolable (laughs) over a TV show. (laughs) Oh, my God. uh, I mean, there were circumstances in my life that contributed to it being more to me than to most people. But, like, still, it was, like, a BFD. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) The F- well, it's the, good to get those every once in a while in a, in a in a television show, you know. Mm-hmm. Good sign when you get a BFD. Uh, all right, um, I'm going to quickly go over my show because <laughs> there's really not. I would love to hear more about this. Okay, all right. <laughs> basic history, basic fact about this show is I don't know if it's all true. Okay, <laughs> I'm under the assumption that drunk history is factual they just tell it in a funny manner okay i refuse to look into it because if it's not true it'll break my heart um drug history is a television show on comedy central 
uh, hosted by a gentleman by the name of Derek Waters. He is a stand-up comedian. And what he does is it's him and I th- usually every episode is two of his buddies or like in, in two di- like two different other comedians and him get together and they get drunk and the visiting comedian gets a topic to talk about. And it's usually a historical topic. Uh, the first couple of seasons were all based around locations. So it was like New York and New Jersey. And then they would pick something specific within that area. Season three broke out of that mold a little bit. I'm specifically talking about season three, episode six, and it is titled Games. Now, <clears throat> okay, so Derek sits down with uh, Lauren Lapkus and... All right, hold, hold on one second. Before you go any further, I'll, I was just... When I was putting together the artwork for this episode, mm-hmm. I, I was looking at these screenshots and I thought to myself, all right, I'm going to guess what period of history this is about. Is this about pinball being proven to be be no longer illegal in New York? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. I got that from like two screenshots. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nerd! <laughs> okay. Well, it's a fascinating story. Well, the first it's it's, it's broken up into story. two halves. So the first half is about Milton Bradley and how he became a, a gaming a board game magnate. And what happens is, I think the guy who was doing that one uh, is a comedian by the name of Rich uh, Fulcher, and he is telling the facts. And as he's talking, they flash over to we'll call it a reenactment. And they are lip syncing perfectly to what he is saying. So in the Milton Bradley one, um, Topher Grace is playing Milton Bradley. And it turns <laughs> out that he had a printing press and he was printing up these images of Abraham Lincoln beardless. And then all of a sudden, Abraham Lincoln became really famous but bearded. And he couldn't print the, his beardless Abe Lincoln images weren't selling anymore. So he turned his printing press into a board game. And, he, you know, it's the Milton Bradley thing like, a, you know, Game of Life, Checkers Chess, so on and so forth and how it tied into the war. And <clears throat> excuse me. It's little bits of history thrown out around two drunken idiots talking about it. Um, like, from my under like these are the bits. Like, okay, they gave out a fact at some point saying that the reason the standard board game board is eighteen by eighteen now is because eighteen inches by eighteen inches is because that was the size of his printing press. That's the biggest he could make it, and it just stuck. Like, that's a fact that I want to be true because a drunk idiot told it to me. <laughs> okay. Um, Fair enough. The second one was about the, <laughs> at one point in time, New York deemed pinball illegal because they considered it gambling. Because this was a game of chance. And they did this whole thing where someone proved that it wasn't a game of chance that this this gentleman um could it, he was he was this game of skill like he could say i'm going to make it bounce here 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 and here and he did it and then new york overturned it and everybody else followed suit now 
the the history is is the through line. It, it, the, the facts are what are, are what get you from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. What makes you want to stay watching the show is the fact that every time someone like burps or does that little hurt, the the lip syncers do that <laughs> in the reenactment and stuff like um yeah this is um yeah the you know um that's all being reenacted within the reenactment so it is like utterly hysterical while i'm learning that yeah new york did actually say that pinball was illegal why i have really like why is that a thing it i don't know it was a thing um i can i can confirm that that whole thing you just told is in fact true the whole proving to the courts uh, that you know that it wasn't, wasn't a game of chance that's all that's all legit that definitely happened <laughs> See, and, and that, that was during like prohibition prohibition time? times where, where, mm-hmm. yeah, they went yeah. a little nutty then with... the reason that they banned it is because if it's a game of chance then playing it is equivalent to gambling and that's immoral and that's why they banned it right yeah and and to be honest the early pinball games were games of chance they didn't have flippers in them they were they were pin balls you would launch a ball into it kind of like a plinko thing and the ball would bounce off of the pins, but then they eventually have added, added flippers to it, and that be, that's how it became a game of uh, skill as opposed to chance. And this is a TV podcast, so I'll shut the hell up. See, but that's okay. Now you just confirmed that drunk history is real, <laughs> and I and now I'm going to watch more. Like I watched an episode about Harriet Tubman being an awesome spy, and she did spy shit, and she made that spy shit real. Like that, those are words that came out of the actress' mouth playing Harriet Tubman because that's what the drunk idiot said on the couch. It's so much fun and so funny and I learned shit whilst watching it. I, I that I enjoy. I enjoy not wasting all of it just watching people get ridiculously hammered. Um and then I walk away with some bits of you know information that I could take to you know work the next day and say, "Hey, did you know I don't have to tell them that I got it from drunk history?" <laughs> It's things that I could use in the rest of my life. Um, the series itself goes all over the place. I mean, especially like we watched, uh, I think there was a Baltimore episode or a Maryland episode that my, my brother wanted to watch. And we watched that. It's like it. there's something in the show for everyone, as long as you could take watching people make complete asses out of them. So, I mean, I was watching one of them and the guest comedian and the, the host, they were talking back and forth to each other and the guest was really, really drunk and he and he said, you know, you're not man enough to get into the tub with me in bathing suits. Out of nowhere. And then, the, the you know, smash cut to them saying, and when we get back from this commercial break, there's the two of them sitting in a bathtub facing each other, you know, shirtless. I, it's like... Okay, <laughs> I, I, all right, I'll have to take that with my, my little, you know, education for the day. Um, a lot of fun. It's available on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, all of the series. It was either Netflix or Hulu, and I'm pretty sure it was – oh, no, maybe it was Hulu. It doesn't really matter. It's available out there where you could just – we were power watching through episode after episode after episode, and they're only a half hour long, so you get about 20 minutes of, you know, history with about five minutes of – like outright laughter, so I highly recommend it to everybody, especially if you want to, you know, learn some stuff and not be force-fed education. So, I have um, heard some, what do you call it, uh, some background on like how this show is made, and I believe what they do is they like they give the person who is going to be drunk or the people who are going to be drunk 
a basic background of the history and then they get drunk and then they're expected to kind of retell it. Right. So the ba- the the basics that they're given are in fact true. Right, but the embellishment is all that is all comedy, <laughs> and it's real. It's like it's well done too. It's it's they cut back and forth between them retelling and the actual situation of them imbibing the alcohol to get to the point where they have to start telling their story. Um, and a lot of a lot a lot of funny funny people come onto the show. I mean, I haven't I've watched I'd say about. 60 to 70 percent of them and there hasn't been one episode that has gone by where i haven't out like out right laughed hard at least once within the episode which for a comedy show is is a rarity so there you go that's my bit of my my learnings shows for the for this month I'm, I'm gonna go back to sitcoms and you know make me dumb tv um make me dumb tv make me dumb tv uh all right Chris, hey, that's me. That's you. Now, I, I when you said that you were going to talk about Fargo, I, I, I did. I, you know, I, I've seen the movie and I enjoyed the movie, and I said, you know what? Let me give this this show a shot to, you know, so that I can have some sort of basis because I can't. Want, I don't want to just talk about the movie, and I don't know. Three and a half hours later, I was up to episode four, and I was like, wow. No, episode three, because the first one's a long one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Tell, tell me tell me more about some Fargo. Well, um, all right, so I've seen the movie Fargo, and I know that I liked it, but it was a long time ago, and I couldn't tell you very much about it other than it took place uh, in the Great White North, and there was a murder involved. Right? Yes. Myla, am I, I'm, 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 yes. I'm on cue here. Those right. are true things. Those are facts. Those of the are movie. true things. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, the TV show is not really, it's not a retelling of that story or anything like that. It is, it's a new original story in a similar setting in the same spirit of, uh, the original Fargo movie. It's got, um, uh, Martin Freeman and Billy Bob Thornton. And George Clooney and Brad Pitt, and they try to break into... <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> That's for you, apathetic enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, shout out to Brandon and Travis, big fans of the show. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so it's got um, uh, it, it's got a lot of cool people in it, like Oliver Platts in it. And um, uh, what's the woman's name who plays the cop? Allison Tolman. Allison Tolman. I've never seen her in anything else before, but she was phenomenal in I believe show. this is her breakout role. Well, she she broke the f out. She broke it. it was breaking fantastic. out all over the place. She broke it right in half. It's great. Colin, it was don't, don't don't negate you know the Hanks boy is in it as well. Oh yeah, Colin Hanks is in it, and he's so he's, adorable. He, he's, he's so sweet. Like you could just see him turning into his dad one day. Like it's so cute. <laughs> it's he, he's he's wonderful. He's he is a delight. And in fact, like this this show is very delightful. Billy Bob Thornton was just incredible. And as much as it pains me to to give wholehearted respect to a man named Billy Bob. <laughs> the man has earned it. He's he was absolutely incredible in this in this show. Um so we watched uh I wouldn't say binge watched, but we've made it through in relatively brisk pace the entire first season of Fargo uh recently. Mm-hmm. Uh and I was really, really impressed with it very quickly. It's uh there's um Martin Freeman's character is kinda bullied he's really kind of a sad sack uh he's bullied around town his wife is just 
a horrible, horrible person. human being. <laughs> just an absolutely atrocious person. And, um, geez, he, uh... Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> this great Minnesota accent. That's one of the things that the show has in common with the movie, is that um, Minnesota, like, super nice, you know, just... Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, the spirit is there. Yeah. So it's, um, through a, a set of circumstances, uh, um, what is it, uh, Walter, Walter Nygaard? Lester. Walter was? Lester. 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 Who's Walter? Never mind. Lester Nygaard is, a uh, um, uh, Martin Freeman's character, and he gets, he gets kind of <laughs> bullied around and whatnot, winds up in the emergency room, meets Billy Bob Thornton, complains about his wife and, and other problems. Billy Bob Thornton takes that as, uh, Turns out to be a contract killer. Takes that as uh, on himself as a contract with uh, Lester, and starts killing folks. And then Lester um, goes down to fix the washing machine, and his wife is being a real whore to him. And so he hits her in the head with a hammer and kills her, which didn't really seem like intentional. It seemed like he just wanted to hit her in the head with a hammer, and then he she, just snapped. Yeah, he just snapped. Hit her in the head with a hammer, and then she died. And he was like. Well, I'm finishing this job. <laughs> it looked like almost like when he did it, it looked like he just, you know, tapped like a little, little dink as if to go, boop, I hit just, you with a hammer. Like, and then everything went up, dead still. You know? you know what? Here, take a hammer to the head. And then it killed her. Like, just that was that. And he was like, oh, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. So <laughs> beats her to death. Good times. Great oldies. Cool 98.3. Uh so she's dead, and um, you know uh, he, he kind of freaks out. So he calls up Billy Bob Thornton. Um, what was that? Char- what was his character's name? Lorne. Lorne Malvo. Lorne Malvo. Lorne Malvo. Uh, and he calls him up and says, "I just killed my wife. Uh, what do I do about this?" And so he helps him take care of it. And it is a very like I'm not going to go through this whole plot because it is very very entwined. Like there's a, a lot of little connective tissues all over the place and when you think that something doesn't really matter then it kind of does i will say that the oliver platt storyline was a little odd and the way that it ended was a little odd it didn't feel like it had a lot to do with the lester nygaard story to begin with but you go through the show and eventually you get to this like one year gap where lester kind of sort of gets away with stuff and then it's a year later and his life has improved exponentially (laughs) since his wife died like he got a he, he got the girl that he wanted. He's successful at work. He's more confident, and then he happens to run into uh, Malvo again, and things go sour. And Malvo wants to kill him, and blah 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 blah. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it, but seriously, watch the show because it's way better than I'm making it sound. Um, really, uh, I I wanted to focus on the 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 season finale because it was it did such a good job of of tying things up in a way that made me happy. Like, again, this is a spoiler-full podcast, so I will say that throughout the entire last episode, I was ex- I knew that people were going to die, and I was expecting the people I didn't want to die to die. I was expecting there's this, you know, the, the cop played by Colin Hanks and uh, the wonderful woman who I've already forgotten her name because I'm terrible with names. Allison? The two of them, <laughs> they wind up getting together like right before the one year gap like he's clearly nuts about her and he finally asks her out and he gets a year later flash forward a year later he's a postman 
And he's a widow, right? He was a widow. He's yes. a widow, yeah. yeah. He's a widow, and he has this really cool widower. teenage daughter, a widower. And uh, he's got a really cool teenage daughter, and a, um, she is uh, single and has a great father uh, who also used to be a cop. And like they turn into this like glorious family of just incredibly nice people that you want to root for. And Jesus. <laughs> then with with everything going on with Lester and Malvo. There's so much danger involved because she is now like a 300,000 week pregnant, uh, woman who's still on the force and wanting to get out there and take down Malvo. Like she is all for doing the right thing and making sure justice is being done. And she gets passed over for promotion for, oh God, I could go into that whole other thing. That's a whole other story. I don't No, <laughs> I'm going to skip that. Um, I was expecting the whole last episode. I was just biting my nails, edge of my seat. Like I was so uncomfortable because I just had this feeling that one of those nice characters was going to die. Like the dad sits on the porch with a shotgun because he knows Malvo's in town. He's like, well, I'm going to make sure nothing happens to my family. I'm going to sit on the porch with a shotgun, constant vigilance. Somebody shows up. They're going to shotgun blast the face. And... Colin Hanks goes off and does something a tad on the reckless side because he knows that his wife is going to go after this guy. So he finds him and he does something that's kind of reckless and winds off paying off in the end. But this whole time I'm thinking Malvo's going to show up and kill one of these people and it's going to be heart wrenching. Like, and if I can cut you off for one second, the way the show is so well done, the ending is completely ambiguous. You can, they, it's not telegraphed at all. You cannot tell what is going to happen. The suspense, like, that they built was just was some of the most well done suspense ever. Exactly. It was absolutely legitimate. It reminded me a lot of, uh, uh to, to do a callback, it reminded me a lot of the ending of the Serenity movie mm -hmm. where, um, uh, Simon gets shot. Kaylee's got the darts in her neck. Uh, uh, Zoe got sliced up in the back and you're like, and Wash just died. So you were just like, Anyone could die here. Like, there, yeah. no character is safe. They will kill anyone and, and anyone to tell this story. Like, nobody is safe. And I'm looking at this show like, just don't kill the, just don't kill them. Don't kill the pregnant woman. Don't make her lose the baby. Don't, oh my God, what is going to happen? Because the show, while being, it's got this great niceness to it. It was so, it was very visceral and, and very not shying away from the murder. No. <laughs> there was some, some gruesome killing. And, and Lauren, the, uh, the character of Lorne Malvo, you would believe that he would do anything. Absolutely. And like, he doesn't even fucking need a reason. Yeah, no, he will just, he'll just kill people for, cause they're there. <laughs> not even just, necessarily kill. Like, I remember one of the episodes, he convinced a kid to piss in another woman, in a woman's gas tank, and then <laughs> yes. ratted that kid out as he was pissing in the gas tank. <laughs> like, he is just a complete, the best definition of a sociopath. Like, he just, just he just does stuff. He yeah. Just does stuff to fuck with people, and it does not matter, and there are no consequences for him. Yeah, and except for his eventual the death. End. Yes. <laughs> except for the end. When he when he gets got, but oh. I, I I'm just gonna say that this show is incredible, and I can't wait to watch season two. I love that it is it is this, there is a season two, and that it is kind of treating it um like an anthology series. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's continuing this specific story. I believe season two goes back to like the 70s. I with, can tell um, you the connection if you want to know. It's what's her name's dad, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just, the it, it's the lady cop's dad, and it, when I, I was laughing watching this, the, the, I've. I saw this show on my own this first season, 
And then we went back and I rewatched it as Chris watched it for the first time. And in my rewatching, there are scenes where the dad, he owns a diner now and he tells like stories from his cop days. And I'm laughing about it because now I know that there's a second season. And that's what the second season about is just this offhand like mention he made of some crazy case he worked back in the 70s. Ah. And now I can't wait to see uh, the second season, which just finished up recently. And we need to watch it so that my mother will stop asking me whether we've seen it. <laughs> so, wait. Yeah, that's actually on my list of uh, this shows that we need to catch up on. What season is did Okay, what season is it currently in? It just finished the second okay. season. And 3 has they've been talking about 3 a lot in like the news cuz like photos have started coming out and whatnot. So, there how uh, season 1 tied into season 2 how? Do we know? What she just said. Season two is in the past. It's um that story that uh the lady cop's dad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking on IMDb and it says season three premiere, 2017. I didn't read the 2017 part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we don't have no idea how season three connects because although rumors I have heard um seem to indicate that it will have something to do with Molly, the lady cop again. Okay, and like working a different case, and that's great because God, I love her, and she needs. All the awards and all the jobs, and just let her be in everything. She's freaking awesome. She's really, she's really, really good. And what I, I, I take it with a grain of salt because the way, the way the opening is presented, how it is a true story. Some of the you know names have been changed, but everything else is being told exactly the way it happened. Mm-hmm. It's it's it feels like it's just just outside of reality because of how much of a sociopath. You know Billy Bob is, and how overly nice the other people are. Like it just doesn't seem real. Yeah, I think when they say like, "Oh, that's based on true events, and everything's told exactly as it happened," they can only do that up to a point. Like they weren't actually like everyone who made the show and all the writers and costumers and everybody who had a part in making the show they weren't there Mm -hmm. so not everything it's not going to be like a you know beat for beat exact retelling of what happened right right um but that being said martin freeman (laughs) not morgan freeman as i (laughs) mistakenly said earlier (laughs) Um, although i maintain that would be awesome (laughs) does a phenomenal job and i say phenomenal a lot he has a really really good accent like i did not i'm used to his english accent because of his sherlock stuff and when i saw it i'm like "Ooh, that's weird but he's good at it i'm kind of very surprised yeah there are some british actors (laughs) who can do that and some who cannot i'm looking at you hugh laurie um (laughs) and yeah he nailed that it's Everybody seemed well-placed in the show. Like, nobody seemed, like, way out in left field. Like, oh, like, the, like the most – Bob Odenkirk was the most uh, – he is the new chief, the, the replacement mm-hmm. chief. Like, he seemed slightly off to me, but that's because I know Bob Odenkirk from other things, other comedic roles, and I was waiting for that stuff to, to you know, pop in. Um, yeah, that's why that's so weird, because it's like, oh, Bob Odenkirk, this part's going to be funny, and then it's not. It's not. It's not that Bob Odenkirk. Um, but 
the, the Key and Peel characters, they were Key and Peel to me. Like, they were... I mean, I, oh, I looked at them you and didn't, I was like, You okay. didn't watch all the way through, Evan, no. so I don't think you got to the Key and Peele guys, yeah. but yeah. Key and Peele they, show up and they're totally Key and Peele. Okay. Okay. But I mean, they're not, really not trying to be funny, but their part is pretty funny. Well, it, it, it's... I don't know. I mean, Billy Bob did a phenomenal job. I mean, even the, like even the way they dressed Billy Bob like made him seem creepier. Like, everything <laughs> seemed really elongated and... The haircut, the, hair, the bowl style haircut, like he, he, the 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 calmness in which he spoke all the time, like <laughs> like straight up convincing a cop to let him go because if he doesn't, he's going to end up killing his daughter. Like he didn't outright say it, but he right. heavily alluded to it, and the cop just let him go. Okay, yeah. do what you got to like do. When- uh, kids are in grade school and they're making fun of each other and like, oh man, your hair looks like you could get serial killer's haircut. Right. That's who they're talking about. They're talking about this guy when they make that joke. This guy specifically right here. So yeah, I, I'm gonna have to finish watching the rest of it. Yes, you are because it is. Well, I won't say delightful, but it is uh is intense and definitely worth the watch. It is. It is exceptional. And it is also. 10 episodes so yeah I'm, if you're already if you're already three or four deep you don't have that much further no, to go I, i'm looking and i'm also looking through the, the the full cast list and it's saying he, you know, nick offerman was in it in 2015 was that this season that's no that's got to be season two okay because he wasn't in this all right because they seem to hit a, a number of interesting people yeah oh yeah and the oliver platt um subplot i agree that that was it did feel a little weird. Um, it seemed like it served a purpose, which was basically it kept Malvo in the story. It kept him in the area so that, you know, when other things happened, he was still around. But it was very involved. It subplot. was very, a very like, It was like subplot. four or five episodes that he was in. And it had nothing to do with, like, Nygaard and the whole conspiracy and Malvo and everything. Like, nothing to do with that except that Malvo was connected to it. And it was just, like, you just kept expecting it to, to lead to something else. And it didn't really. It just, you know, and it finished and it, it resolved itself. Uh, but I it, kept expecting that. The, the what he buried to show back up again. Yeah, like, I was yeah. expecting somebody else to stumble on it, and there well, was, you never there know. Are, season never three know. is coming back to uh, focus on Molly, so ah, so maybe know. it will. Let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some Sherlock. We're going to we're going to hit up some Martin Freeman again. Just uh, stay tuned. Apathetic Enthusiasm starts the new year off right with an exclusive interview with Angry Beavers creator Mitch Shower. Find out how he got involved with Nickelodeon, what he thinks of video games, how many tacos he can eat in a day, what his favorite brand of cotton is, and so much, much more in Apathetic Enthusiasm, episode 47, The Not-So-Angry Animator. Were you missing the Paper Cuts podcast last week? Of course you were. We all were. Fortunately, Geekade's got a double dose of everyone's favorite comic book podcast that prominently features names like Dan Ryan and Matt Much to help alleviate the sting of being forced to go a full week without an episode. Don't miss Paper Cuts, issue 64, Living on a Vest and a Prayer, and issue 65, 
Hover Paths, the future of no rails. We have a new podcast. Do you like the Twilight Zone? Do you like people talking about the Twilight Zone? Do you just like approving things? GeekAid's got the podcast for you. Apathetic Enthusiasm's Branded Crews hosts our new Twilight Zone episode-by-episode podcast, submitted for your approval. And the first episode is live right now. Be sure to check out Submitted for Your Approval, Episode 1. Where is everybody? Do you love wrestling? Do you? Well, Dan does, and he writes about it every week. If this is old news to you, then you may know that he's been building up to picking his match of the year. Well, 2015 is over, and a match has been picked. Check out the most on-the-nose named article to ever hit Geekade. Why I Love Wrestling, Match of the Year. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Welcome, welcome. Uh, thanks for listening to our little bit-o advertisements. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a dive into some Sherlock. Now, the... I guess it would. I guess that it would be considered the Christmas episode. Right? Yeah, it was a Christmas special, technically. Right. So that aired January first. Um, now, if you have not seen Sherlock from you know the BBC, you are doing a disservice to yourself because this show is unbelievably good. Some of the best television on TV. It is some of the best television on TV, huh? Yeah, some of the best television on TV. What? <laughs> some of the best television on movie screens. Well, how else am I supposed to say that? I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to make some me the best look programming so. on TV. There you go. Some of the best programming on TV. Ugh. Some of the best shows on TV. Whatever. I'm the host. I'm you're right. The, you're the best Evan on this podcast. Yes, I am. Don't you forget <laughs> it. Uh, the show is You're the best podcast on this podcast. <laughs> well, that could that's left to be decided. Um, <laughs> the show's been on. This is its fourth season now, right? Because the 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 Christmas episode starts the new season. Technically, it gets thrown at the end of it. Um, I don't know exactly where it falls. I mean, it, it falls between the seasons three and four, but I don't know that it falls. As part of either one, I think it's just, I mean, it's a bridge between the two, It's just as as we ended up finding out, but... Its own thing? Well... I don't know. It it is officially listed as... Come on. My computer is just... Yes, stop stop looking at it. all over the house. It's season season four, episode zero. diarrhea coming out. (laughs) I can't hear anything on Skype except for little bits and pieces of... And I'm just I'm just trying to load an image that I've already saved, and it's just like you can't can't stop it. Do it. I can't think. I can't think. I'm so stupid. Okay, we're back. We're good. Okay. Uh, it's listed as season four, episode zero. Yeah, I said that in the middle of your rant. Um, so it, the previous three seasons. I mean, they, it's a total of 15 episodes, so it's not... I think it's nine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nine. Oh, it's not. That's right. It's three episodes per season. They are 90 minutes apiece, give or take, thereabouts. They're mini-movies, which 
I I love that aspect of the show. Like it's not tied into that you know one hour block or the thirty minute block whatever. They do Sherlock modern day Sherlock perfectly. They they incorporate all of you know you know today's you know communication and you know computers and all of that stuff and it's what Sherlock would be if he happened today the sociopath that he is today. Um, I did a not... completely different sociopath from Lauren Malfo. Oh well, still we have plenty of seasons to go. That may change. Um, <laughs> I did not get a chance to watch the Christmas episode, so the the two of you will have to you know ruin it for me. The title of the episode is "The Abominable Bride," um, and all I got is and it does like I said to you. You know, during the break, it doesn't matter what you tell me because I want to see this Sherlock in olden times. I want to see him in 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 what he where Sherlock comes from. So go. So uh, <laughs> I don't know if you really touched on it during the whole time that I couldn't I couldn't hear you. But the uh, the basis of this episode and what was so exciting about it and why it was just a special was that it was like, and now we're going to do an episode of Sherlock in classic Sherlock Holmes era just because we can. And why and not? Uh, that 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 was my understanding of it. That this was just like, and this is going to be a little one-off thing. It's cute. It's adorable. It's fun. Go team. Uh, have fun. And then the episode starts, and it starts with a previously on Sherlock, and they catch you up on all you know whopping nine episodes that have started what in like 1984 or something because <laughs> the show takes forever to uh, to air. Yeah, so it's, it was like yeah, you, know, you get a shows. season. And then six or seven years pass, and then they start talking about another season, and it's ridiculous. So, yeah, so you get caught up on all nine episodes uh, up until this point, and then it starts the show, and it's like, oh, that was that was cute. I wonder why they just did all that. Then they they start throwing little like hints that like it's almost paralleling certain things that are in the the regular season, regular series of Sherlock. Like, I don't know. He mentioned something about there was. Um, Moriarty, there was this, this this brilliant brilliant cliffhanger where Moriarty uh, killed himself and then came back from the dead and they never really explained exactly what happened. They never truly explained how Sherlock lived through the experience and they certainly never explained how Moriarty could have lived through the experience. And they just, there was this line earlier on where Sherlock is just like, and the woman's returned from the dead or something like that. And it's just like, it was such an obvious nod to the whole Moriarty thing. And I thought that was great. And the whole time you're watching it, they're doing these neat little plays on like the characters are all being played by the same characters that play it in modern times, except in old times. And like, there was the one gender swapped character that I thought was really fun. The way they had her being somebody who was dressed as a man uh, so that she could hide the fact that she was a woman because it was different times. and It was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And then about halfway through the episode, or I don't even remember how far I know it was. I just It was it, pretty far. I think it was, it was like far. two-thirds. Yeah, it was like two-thirds into the episode. A, he wakes up in modern times, and this is all something that he's doing to himself. He took a crap load of drugs so that he could go into this like meditative yes. state and try to solve this old mystery... Uh, within like if he put himself in that time so that he could figure out how uh, Moriarty could have survived that experience and then from the rest of the episode it's just kind of going back and forth but you now know that all of this is happening inside Sherlock's head so completely out of friggin nowhere this was actually the next episode of the show 
and I had no idea that was coming. And it was such an awesome and amazing reveal. And the whole thing was done so incredibly well. It was just amazing. And exactly what I asked for. A drug-induced fever dream. Nice. And at the same time, like, as it w- it had all these, you know, connections to the current story, like, when he wakes up, you know, from whatever he's been thinking about for the <clears throat> the beginning two-thirds of the episode, moments have passed in in the timeline of the show since the end of the season three finale. Just a few minutes. Oh. Yeah, like, <clears throat> like it is... It's it's ridiculous. It's on. He, like that's I, how closely connected it is to the to the last season. He's on the plane. He's waking up on the plane that just landed. Like at the end of that last episode, it's it which was means absurd. like he took all those drugs. Like did he take them on the plane? Did he take them before he and and John and Mary went to have that final showdown in the end of the season three finale? Like when did he take all those drugs? I think he took them as soon as he got on the plane and then okay. passed out and then imagined this on the plane ride. I think that's what would happen. So is he taking, like, real like real drugs? Because I know earlier in, I'm going to say it was within season one. I mean, Sherlock Holmes is known to have been, uh, his character was known to have an opium habit. And that was actually part of the, the, the original stories that they didn't do that in the first season. They, to, to show him getting high, they, he was, like, covered in... I want to say nicotine patches. It was nicotine patches. Right. So it was, Yeah, they-, they didn't show they didn't show what he did. Um there was this whole bit with his brother who was there also and uh he said, "Did you make a list?" And they didn't really explain it at first what he was saying, "Did you make a list?" like what a list of what. And then the story goes on and, and you know more things happen and then it comes back to him, "Did you make a list?" And the list is this is the list of things I took. This is a list of drugs I took, and you don't get to see the list. But it the the way that the two of them were behaving was that this was a relapse that uh, Sherlock's a recovering addict, and so no, we haven't seen him do any drugs in the course of the show. He's just a you know, it's a smoker, a reformed right. smoker with the nicotine patches, but he did this specifically to accomplish the task of reaching this like mind palace state where he could not like his normal mind palace where he's like in the current day and I'm gonna you know solve a a mystery that happened this week like he goes literally puts himself back in the time of this unsolved crime that happened whatever 200 or 100 years ago and says like how would I have solved it at that time Sure. And it's also very apparent that this was like, this was a line crossing situation. This was like, this was his desperation to figure out how Moriarty could have done it because that's the relationship that the two of them have. And like, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Like, uh, his brother was pretty shaken by that, you know, in, in the way that that character can appear shaken because they're both so in control more or less all the time. But right. It was like it was a big deal that he took all these drugs to get to that state just so that he could figure this out. And that's how, in his head, uh, uh, Moriarty's gotten. It, it's, it's such a well done show. Like on every aspect storytelling, acting, uh, visually stunning. Um, watching his, like his, it used to, ha- like back in the day, he had a community of, uh, 
like vagabonds, like homeless, that he would get all his information from and bits and pieces. He's showing seamlessly using, um, you know, Twitter and, and all of the modern stuff with such a classic character, and it's told so well. It It's really, 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 really good television. Um, so is it continuing the – like it, it – the show has been very much episodical with a through story. Mm-hmm. Is this is it the same? Are we getting? I'm assuming the bit the the through story will be how he survived, or did we figure that out? Or well, basically, we get a little more, but only a little more of the current story. It's yeah. mostly focused on this old mystery and the the particular case is of this woman who was seen to have killed herself in the same way that Moriarty did, but then she started appearing and killing other people after she supposedly killed herself. Okay. And Sherlock wanted to solve this case, but he wanted to figure out, like, how could someone have survived what she did to herself? And that would tell him how Moriarty... Or whether he did survive. It's been so long since I've watched... Once he figured out whether woman had. It's been so long since I've watched what's going... Like, what happened... Like, I remember the fall where, you know... I guess that was the end of season two, beginning of season three? That was the end of season two into three. And the end of three, I know I've seen it, were fresh. Oh, was that around the... That was around the pool? With the no, uh, that was the end of season one, I think. See, like they're all yeah, that was the blended together. What? How? I know it was like Moriarty. I, I don't even remember the details myself, other than there was like some sort of video screen. Like Moriarty came back and like took over the airwaves or something like that, and it was like how? How did he do it? How? How did he come back? And that was like kind of the, the big deal. And then Sherlock got called in, and gotcha. so and so and so forth. Gotcha. 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 Well, I mean, it, it, all kidding aside, this when they first said that Sherlock was coming back, I mean, that they were going to do a Sherlock show you know, five years ago, like that's one of the problems with the show. The show has been on the air since 2010, and we've only started season four. So Yeah, we now have ten episodes in five years. Right. And it's, Thanks, Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Thanks, Mark Gatiss. It's a, Take your time, guys. <laughs> it is about... Not like you're doing anything else, <laughs> Doctor Who. <coughs> it is about 15 hours worth of television, because like I said, they're 90-minute episodes. So you get a lot per episode, which I don't think they could have done it any other way, the way that the, the show lays itself out. Like, they have to be movies. Like You get three movies per, yeah. per season. And I think that... Um, it being at the BBC is ideal for this project because you couldn't really, I think, get away with a 90-minute episode in American television. I don't think the American uh, – I mean, obviously, there's a segment of the American public that is like, yes, please, we want Sherlock. But I think the bulk of the American public is not willing to sit there for 90 minutes. Yeah, unless it's a, like a reality show or a contest. Like yeah, the no, if somebody's or... getting eliminated or, you know, bitch slapped, then bring it on, but <laughs> – and and we're getting something intelligent. No, 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 no. Actually, this episode it says was almost two hours long, which is even better. I, it's 
like I can't say enough positive things about this show. There's there's I haven't I've seen all of the episodes. I haven't had any complaints outside of the the wait time about the show. Like every bit character that's in it, they the acting is done stupendously. I mean, it's all that it seems like there's like this this for lack of a better term, like this this British air about it. And it makes everything seem more important or you just gotta you lock yourself in. You gotta pay attention to this entire show. There is no wasted minutes at all. Oh no, nothing nothing is wasted. Not a, a single word. And there are a lot of words. <laughs> yes. Yes, there are. Um so I really check out check out this show. I mean, if you haven't and you you're watching TV, you you you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, I mean, it's dense. It is it is very dense and you got to pay attention to it, but once it once it gets hooks into you, it is yeah, it's undeniably incredible. It, yeah. It you will pay off a million fold and and uh, uh, to what you said about it being dense, this particular episode which you have not seen, Evan, we just talked about it for whatever it is, 20 minutes. And there's still so much more in it that you don't know and that you won't know until like, you watch it and you find out what happens. Yeah, we barely even barely scratch the surface. Scratch the surface. Uh, okay, I am. I'm looking at you know the IMDb listing for it, and I don't know how correct this you know this website is all the time. Are we not getting episode or season four this year? Nope. Nope. Unfucking believable. Exactly. And I mean, it's not, I blame Stephen Moffat. It's not Moffat's fault. It's Benedict Cumberbatch's fault because he's off doing fucking Doctor Strange. <laughs> and, and Martin Freeman, who is also now in the Marvel Universe. He's got a mystery role in, what is it, Civil War, I think? Sure, why not? Ooh, I <laughs> so, didn't know I mean, that, like, but that's Yeah, Martin exciting. Freeman's got a role in Civil War and nobody knows what it is yet. So you've got, what you know, Mark Gatiss and uh, uh, Stephen Moffat, who are very busy with Doctor Who and, and other sorts of things. And then like Benedict Cumberbatch, this was like his breakout thing. And then he just became this huge he star. He became in everything. He was in friggin' Lord of the Rings. and in Star Trek. Or, not Lord of the Rings. Excuse Hobbit. me, The Hobbit. I'm sorry, nerds. Don't email me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he as soon as and it, it happened like almost immediately for him. Like as soon as season one, episode one aired, he became famous. Yeah, because anybody anybody that saw him that was in any sort of position of power was like, holy crap, look at that guy. Listen to his name, Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> we can market the crap out of this guy. Uh, and there's a, there's a podcast that I love called Extra Hot Great that um, had a, I think an entire mini episode devoted to like making up other names for him. And the one they settled on was Cinnamon Toast and Crunch. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to, you know, be forgiving because yes, they are doing a lot. Um, we are getting in 2017 uh, three more movies, which it takes it takes more to do this show than it does to do any you know half hour sitcom or even hour long drama. Because when you think about it, an American hour long drama is 45 minutes. Half hour sitcom is twenty four. This is a solid hour and a half to two hours. It's I don't know, man. Game of Thrones does this does longer seasons 
of similar quality every single year. I um, will tell you what the difference is. Um, cash monies. Yeah. yeah um, right. American television is in the business of making money, and British television is government-subsidized, meaning they could take as long as they want, make their seasons as long or short as they want, long or short episode as they want, and just fuck off for two years and not tell you whether or not they're coming back, and then all of a sudden come back out of nowhere. And that's the price you pay for British television, but it's a worthy price because British television is... I, regularly awesome. I would also argue with the fact that, yes, you know, Game of Thrones is a very good television show. But within that hour of television, we do not get an hour of phenomenal television. That's true. Okay? It's, it is not as densely populated with extreme amazingness as Sherlock is. But it's. It is if it's an hour of Peter Dinklage. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> the Dink does do some good acting. It's like sit down, just watch it because the, you you get so much entertainment out of it. Well, more than than the hour and a half to two hours that you spend there. You know the the the, the talk and the just the, the the bullshit that happens around this show. On the internet and with your... I mean, I spoke more about the first season of Sherlock than I have about just about any other show outside of Firefly. It's it's, it's pretty astronomically. I, I think when... I don't remember when I said this, but I mean, I think it was before the second Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. movie came out, but any episode of this show is better than both those movies combined. Now, granted, the second one of those Sherlock Holmes movies was, was kind of a pile of shit, but the first one was pretty good. <laughs> And it's absolute truth. Any single episode of this is better than both those movies combined. I'd agree to that. I'd second that motion. The uh, the speculation that happened after that, I think, was the second season cliffhanger. Oh, jeez. That, that was so fun. That was fun because there was nobody could figure out that was the, uh, one where they re- the mystery. They kept replaying with different possibilities. Yeah, yes, yeah. when they came back in the season three premiere, they did and that. They never actually told but you the, how he pulled it off, jerks. <laughs> but yeah, the, but the spending whatever the two years in between of of just like talking to people, and I think it's this, and I think it, that was super fun. So you know, you do get something while you're See, it, yes doing in your own juices. So so <laughs> we have a season two cliffhanger, and then all of the 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 rampant talk and chatter about what we thought it could have been and then the season three opening is pretty much them going hey we were listening to you and we actually put it on screen look yeah. <laughs> it could Here's be a bunch this of way. your theories it could be that way i mean it, it, and instead of telling you what happened we're just gonna give you those we're just gonna we're like just gonna tell you what didn't happen <laughs> exactly Did one of these happen you don't know there was a bungee involved. I think there was a makeout session. I'm not a hundred. Oh, the makeout oh, session. Oh, that was kiss. <laughs> that was hysterical. Oh, you're talking about that. I'm talking about uh, the other one with Molly. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> a lot of Molly's on our episode this week. Yeah, indeed. Well, all right. Uh, recap: Fargo. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Downton Doubt Downton Abbey. Yes, if you like a slow burn. <laughs> Drunk history, I say absolutely. Check it out. Good times, good times. And Sherlock. A, an emphatic an hell yes. emphatic hell yes. I mean, such a good, oh, so good, so good. All right, with that, we're going to 
ask Chris very nicely to give you every bit of information he possibly can for you to get a hold of us. Ready? Go. Well, uh, you can get in touch with us at mail at com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. Uh, Karen is at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan... And this show now has its very own Twitter account, which is... T-W-E-P-C-A-S-T. That's TWEPCAST. I like it. <laughs> it's fantastic. So if you want to start interacting with us on a show level, we're, we're going to try to make that interesting. We're going to try to bring the conversation to you. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Okay. So another rip-rousing episode of this week's episode has come to a conclusion. So... From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. And I'm Chris. Good night. It's funny now that I, when I watch shows, I wait. I try to find the quotes <laughs> that you're going to say. And I'm looking at Dean like, you going to take care of this? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to. I was just going to do one from the season finale, but I might do that one. It's right there. Episode two. This is highly irregular. No, highly irregular is the time I found a human foot in a toaster oven. This is just odd. (laughs) (laughs) And this concludes our broadcast day.